And now, another timely and powerful message from Pastor Emmanuel Williams and Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee. Psalms 112, can you go to verse 4? We'll read from verse 4 to it, and those of us who are standing here, I just want to read this to encourage us. Amen, you got verse 4? Psalms chapter 112. Verse 4, it reads... Unto the upright. Anybody here consider themselves the upright? Amen. Amen. We are upright not because we deserve it, because God declared us upright. Amen. If God declared it, then I believe it and that settles it. Amen. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. Since it may seem to be dark, but I am telling you, light is arising in the darkness. You got to keep your eyes open. Is that all right? Keep your eyes open and keep looking for the silver lining. This you can. There are two ways you can look at what's happening now. You can either you can either you can either say it's happening for you or it's happening to you. Let me say that again. I choose to say this period is this period of time is happening for me. Amen. We spoke last week, two weeks ago. The stars are coming out. That was the word of prophecy from the Lord. Last week we were told the long night of waiting is over. Are you with me, saints? Two words of prophecy, and these are declared in the spirit realm. For that matter, many of you have called and said, Pastor, not only is the night over, but uh, um, that prophecy is becoming a reality for me. Things are breaking through. Amen? God is on the move, on the move. Hallelujah. God is on the move today. Amen? So I want you to keep in mind, look for the light that's going to rise out of darkness. It says here, he is gracious. The Bible is talking about an individual, the individual who is upright. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Keep your compassion during that time. Be graceful during that time. Amen. A good human being showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely, the individual shall not be moved forever. Amen. That's us. Not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. Here is my encouragement to you this morning. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. That's Psalms 112. We should not be afraid of evil news. Job was the one who said in Job 3.25, he said, For the thing which I fear uh, greatly is come upon me. The Bible tells us in Psalms 112 verse 7 here, The righteous shall not be afraid of bad news. Why? Because their hearts are fixed. Trusting in the Lord. That's why their hearts, that's why our hearts are fixed. We are trusting in anybody here trusting in the Lord. Yes, Hallelujah. Those of you online looking with us, trust in the Lord. Verse 8. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon the coronavirus. <laughs> Glory be to our desire is it for it to disappear. Amen. Our desire is for it to die. We'll keep saying that. Amen. While we keep our hearts fixed on God. I want you to keep your heart established on God. Fixed, unmovable. Oh, what a blessing. 
Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I was thinking last night while I was putting this message together, which I was so happy because as I, let me say this, I wasn't crafting this message last evening. I crafted this message two weeks ago. You remember last week we said we're going to put a pause on it? And I said I was going to continue. So this is a continuation from last week. But it's amazing how everything I'm going to teach was confirmed throughout the week. And especially yesterday while we were here in the morning. You know, Bishop Jakes, in an interview with another pastor, made a statement that has really helped me remain focused regardless of what life throws at me. Many things were thrown at us this year. I want to share this statement with you. Now, this may not be verbatim, but this is the essence of what he said to that preacher. He said, and listen carefully, those of you who are online and we who are here. He said, in every one of us, male and female here today, there is an old man and an old woman, woman who is depending on us to make the right decisions now that in the future so that in the future that old man and that old woman will be all right financially will be all right emotionally will be all right spiritually you are depending on yourself to make the right decision let me say it another way we are depending on ourselves to make the right decisions so that down the road when you meet up when we meet up with the aged us change my life help me remain focused how many of you like me thought that somewhere somehow we should have been further in our lives how many of you like me think you've you've you you you've said that well, this is what I'm going to do this morning. I'm going to share some information with you this morning that's going to help us take a shortcut. How many of you are interested in taking a shortcut? <laughs> Amen. Taking a shortcut to your destiny. Glory be to Jesus. Taking a shortcut to your destiny. Not taking 40 years, but let's take 14 days as was originally planned. The Israelites left Egypt a 14-day trip turned into a 40-year trip. Because decisions are important. Let me say that again. Agreeing with God is important. Let me say that again. You know, I said decisions, and many of you say yes. I say agree with God, and there was no amen. Let me say that in English. Agreeing with God is important. <laughs> oh glory be to Jesus we've got to agree with God it doesn't matter what we see what we feel amen and so I need you to pay close attention for the next 45 minutes the word of prophecy that came out last week and the week before last week was the long night is over week before I'm out amen I still believe it amen I said many of you thank you for telling me pastor this prophecy is now a reality in my life you remember last week we spoke and we said what you hear you got to mix with faith amen 
You got to mix with faith. There's got to be corresponding action. Amen to what we hear. James 2.18. I'm doing a brief review. Two minutes and I'm going into some new material. James chapter 2 verse 18 says. But someone will say. You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works. And I will show you my faith by my works. Isn't that alright? Faith has works attached to it. I'm, I'm going to show you. I'm, I'm, we're going to go through the scripture meticulously. I'm going to show you some things I've never seen. Well, let, let me not say that. Some things God showed me a while now. And I have submitted to God's word. That has really helped me. That has really helped me. And I, want, I don't want to say, uh, you know, how many of you know we will never arrive. But most of us we've left. That has helped me left. <laughs> Amen. I haven't arrived. Amen. Paul said it best. But I want to share some information with you. Uh, as, I said, as I said, there's got to be corresponding action. And, and again, this is what we said last week. I'm going to say it before I move into some new material. We said there is always a period of time which elapses between the time when God gives a promise and a promise when the word goes forth and when it's fulfilled. Remember we said that. The problem is between that time we mess up. Big time. Or not. If you agree with God, you're going to move through. Amen. If you don't, if we don't, then that's where the delay is. Are you getting what I'm saying, saints? So, so I'm going to go through this text um, because during that time, during that time, from the time the promise is given, the word is given, and it's fulfilled, you and I will either get purified or incensed. And you get what I'm saying, saints? You, when you are, when, and it doesn't have to be a prophecy verbally from an individual. You could be reading the Bible and the Lord impressed the promise on your spirit. And you said, that's what I've been looking for. When the Lord impressed that in your spirit, when impressed it into your spirit, at that moment, it's a promise made. Now, there's going to be a period of time that's going to elapse. Before that promise is fulfilled. And that is where you have to mix your works with faith. The word of faith with just God. Are you with me, saints? And I'm going to show you how it was worked out and worked out in the lives of some of, the, of some of these men in the Bible. So, this is what I'm sharing with you this morning. As I said, I need you to pay special attention. Amen? It was confirmed all last week and especially yesterday. Can you go to Psalms 105 verse 19? Let's start with Psalms 105 verse 19. Psalms 105 verse 19 is a commentary on Joseph's life. Amen? That's why I said yesterday, I was sitting there and I said, God, you're so good. I'm on the right track. Amen? When the Bible comments on itself, that's the best commentary there is. Amen. So Psalms 19, that's the Holy Spirit through David commenting on Joseph's life in Genesis. Is that all right? This is what the Holy Spirit said. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. <laughs> that is not only for David that's for every single believer in the house today and every single believer who's watching this is the process on earth we cannot circumvent the process 
And many of us go through the Christian life not recognizing and embracing this process. You know what God said to me? God said to me, this is a spiritual law. I have never seen it that way. The Lord said to me, son, this is a law. You cannot fight the law. The Bible says this in Psalms 19. The law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. When you enter one where you come out different the other side. <laughs> That's why I said during that time you'll either be purified or get incensed. Many of us we've gotten incensed. Many of us are still incensed. <laughs> Glory. How many of you choose to be purified from today? I'm just, I'm just going to go through. Amen. I'm just going to go. God is always right. I'm going to agree with him. <laughs> Amen. God is always right. I'm not going to get incensed. Amen. I have, I, long time ago, long time ago, I said, I said to myself, God is always right and I'm always wrong. So whenever he speaks to me, I'm just going to put down my, amen, put down my weapons and just agree with God. Amen. Just agree with God. When God said, you have unforgiveness in your heart, I said, yes, Lord. I need you to help me, empower me, amen, so I could plow through that. I, mean, I need to let that stuff go, amen. That stuff gives me high blood pressure. <laughs> I'm on two, three, four medication. It's not worth it. And when God tells you that, you got to deal with it and move on, amen. I remember a long time ago, God, about 10, 15 years ago, I was, uh, you know, God sent a man of God in my life to tell me, you are so apathetic. And I knew it was God. And instead of saying, who are you talking to? I say, Lord, you're right. You're correct. You spoke through me. You spoke to me through a man. Amen. Correction. Elabrano always spoke about correction. And we, we, you know, we overlook it. God give me. Let, let's, let's get into the word. Amen. Many Bible scholars. I didn't realize as I was reading. Many Bible scholars referred to this verse as the law of process. This verse, the law of process. Until the time that his word came, and we'll go through it in a while, the word of the Lord tried Joseph. And brothers and sisters, God's word is going to try you. Joseph got a word. Amen? Didn't he get a word? He got a word, a dream. Mm -hmm. He got a dream from God. Whether I said whether the word came through reading the Bible, you get an impression whether it's from an individual or whether it's from a dream. It's a word from the Lord. Are you with me, saints? And when you get that word, you, have, uh, you and I, we have a responsibility to ensure it's fulfilled. You know the Bible says many are called, few are chosen. The reason why few are chosen is because you have a lot to do with you being chosen. It's not only God. Amen? Deciding. No, you have a lot to do with you being chosen. Amen? Because you are called, you got a word. Being chosen is your destiny. And you have a, you have a part to play. It doesn't just happen. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. So let's go through this. That, the, the, first, the first three words in this verse is one Hebrew word. Until the time. And the word here means... A fit or proper time. 
You know what this will always mean? You know, you know what this would also mean? It also means an opportunity. Isn't that something else? The time between the spoken word and the fulfillment, this period of time is called an opportunity. <laughs> it's an opportunity to be purified. It's an opportunity for growth. When I said this Hebrew word, when you, get, when you start to dig these words, it's amazing what they reveal. It's an opportunity. It also means a certain time as having a limit as opposed to eternity. So this is good news because where we are now has a limit. It came to pass. I'm not going to be there all the time. God has a set time, a set limit based on my participation. Joseph had a set time in Egypt. Man, I want to go ahead of my time, but you know, I can, can I just tell you this about Joseph? Nowhere in the Bible you see Joseph doing, let, let me put it this way. Let me, Joseph never violated Philippians 2.14. Don't turn there, I'll tell you what it says. It says, in all, do all things without murmuring and dispute. The word of God was trying him. Like Job, Job said, I cursed the day he, Job was a Baptist, you know that? <laughs> well, I cursed the day ha, I was born. Ha. No, not Joseph. <laughs> not Joseph. Not once he ever murmured. God have mercy. Not only that, not once he held hatred in his heart for his brothers. God, the word of God tried him. God, I give you praise. Isn't that something else? Guess who else has been tried? We. We are. We are. A long time ago, 15 years ago, um, I was young guy in church very angry and one of my mentors called me and he said to me you're angry and, and I said yes I am he said it's because you expect from people he said you expect people to deliver he said expect nothing from nobody best advice I would ever get then he pointed to me in the Bible he said look David he said look what David did David expected Saul to help him sorry not Saul there was a king David helped while he was on the run from Saul. God, the text. I know it's in Second King somewhere. David helped a particular king. Uh, he helped protect the king' um, uh, animals and his goods from thieves and bandits while he was on the run from Saul. And David expected the king to help him. You remember that story? So David sent and asked the king for some uh, food for his men. And the king said no. And David said, all these years I've helped him. I'm going to kill every male who peace on the wall. That's the word. He said, I'm going to. And I, I know who that thing is. He had a good wife. His wife, Nabal. Abigail was his wife. That's right. And Abigail, the wife, went and intercepted David. He was on his way to kill everybody. Why? Because he had an expectation from the king to help. Let me get you. Never! <laughs> You, 
Never be, feel that people have an obligation to help you. No, they do not. And the devil will work on that. Yeah, he'll tell you, oh, they have a right because you did such and such. So whatever you do, do it unto God. And move along. Isn't that a blessing? Oh, that's a good way to live. Do it unto the Lord. I'll tell you, he'll give you a shortcut to your destiny. Glory be to God. Isn't that a blessing, saints? Oh, we're going to work through that word because we're going to arrive. Are you with me? I'm fed up being in the wilderness. God gave us a word. We are out. The long night is over. Our light is rising from darkness. Hmm? Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to Jesus. And the devil, the devil knows human beings. That is why he told God. He said, give me two minutes with Job. And when I'm done with him, he'll curse you to the face. Because he knows humans are emotional. He knows human beings. We worship our emotions. So our emotions tell us, don't do this. We say, yes, Lord. To our emotions. <laughs> well, let me not push that further before you have to say, Pastor, stop meddling, keep preaching. So, <laughs> so we have. <laughs> so this set time is an opportunity. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the sun. It says, I want to take my time to teach this right here. Because this is a word from the Lord. God has us on a path so that our light can shine in obscurity. We become unstoppable. Are you with me, saints? So he says here, there is going to be a time. There is a set time for where we are. Like there was a set time for Moses, a set time for Joseph. And all we have to do is agree with God where we are. And he'll advance us as we pass the test. Amen? Now, is it possible... For the time between the promise and its fulfillment shortened or lengthened by us? Yes. It is possible. How many of you agree it's possible? Let me just show you quickly. Let me, let me show you this quickly. Can you go to Exodus chapter 12? Exodus chapter 12. And let's read verse 40 and 41. That's about Moses. Amen. Exodus chapter 12 verse 40 and 41. It reads, Now the, the sojourning of the children of Israel... Who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. How many years did they stay in Egypt according to the Bible? 430 years in Exodus. Amen. You got verse 41? And it came to pass at the end of 430 years, even the selfsame day it came to pass, that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. Amen. Let us look at it now. So how many years? 430 years. Let us see how many years he told Abraham they would have stayed in Egypt. Genesis chapter 15 verse 13. Genesis 15 30. You got it? Yeah. Yeah, 15 13. And he said, on, this is God talking to Abraham way before his generation went down to Egypt. He's telling Abraham, know of a surety, know for sure that your seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and afflict them for, for how many years? For 400 years. God said they were going to stay in there 400 years. We are told they left 430 years. What happened? 
Why did they stay 30 more years in bondage? You know how many folks died and were beaten and bruised in slavery? Why? I need you to see, I need you to get that sense. I need you to understand that. Because these are in the Bible all over the place. If we just zoom in, we can see. Amen. There is a 30 year difference between what the Lord spoke in Exodus and what he told Abraham. And the difference was Moses' self-will. Moses is what? Self-will. He was stiff-necked. His mother raised him in Pharaoh's house and he knew. He knew these people were his people. And in his heart, he knew God was going to raise him to deliver the, to deliver the Israelites. But he could not wait on God. Are you with me? How many of you know Moses' mother raised him in Pharaoh's house and Pharaoh paid her? <laughs> Isn't God wonderful? So while she's raising him, she's telling him who he is. So he knows that God has me there for a reason. I am the deliverer. And like many of us, we cannot wait on God. The Bible says it came to Moses' heart to go out and visit his brethren. Exodus chapter 2. You got it? Exodus chapter 2. Let's read quickly. We got a lot to cover. Exodus chapter 2 verse 11. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown. That he went out unto his brethren and looked on their burdens. And he spied an Egyptian. Smiting an Hebrew. One of his brethren. Verse 12. And he looked this way and that way. Amen. And when he saw that there was no man. He slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Committed murder. Nobody saw except one person. Amen. But God knew. Since this is, you know God has a lot of, a lot of integrity. God has a lot of integrity. And we need to, we need to see that. Uh, you know, before I used to justify, you know, um, running through a red light or driving a 16 or 45 to come to church was good. No. You're still breaking the law. <laughs> well, I'm too, you and I, you know, I got to go through that red light. I'm on my way to church. No. <laughs> it, you're breaking the law. Murder. God warned about murder. It doesn't matter what the circumstances. And so he was held responsible. And the Bible tells us he flee. Amen. This cost him 40 years in the wilderness when Moses left. Egypt he was 40 years old it took another 40 years to get self-will and stiff neck out of the man can you imagine why didn't why didn't he just agree with God why didn't he just wait and let the will of God unfold you know we, there are many things in the Bible we'll never know we'll never know how Jesus Christ and you hear me brothers and sisters Jesus had to go to the cross but Judas didn't have to do what he did <laughs> Sometimes we get ahead of God and it delays the process. The process in the law. We violate the process in law. And then we look back 40, 50, 60 years and say, what happened? Well, as I said, be subjects make that statement. He said, the, the aged person in you and I are depending on the person now to make the right decisions. And as of today, we need to start making the right decisions. Because somebody down the road is depending on us. Are you with me? Tell your neighbor, I'm depending on me. Yeah, I'm depending on me, yeah. Yeah, I know there's a song, I'm depending on the Lord, right? 
but 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 uh, uh, no no buts about it but we have a responsibility amen we have works to add to our faith is that all right so moses now this is what the bible say in acts chapter 7 verse 23 and 25 is a commentary on moses this is stephen talking you got acts chapter 5, 7 verse 23 to 25 it says here and when he was full 40 years old it came into his heart to visit his brethren and verse 24 says and seen one of them suffer wrong he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the egyptian ah there it comes 25 for he supposed his brethren would have understood how that god by his hand would deliver them moses knew that god was going to deliver egypt the the <laughs> the israelites by his hand so he said let me start the process by myself i don't need god's timing so i'm going to start taking down the egyptians one by one me myself and i like we do most times amen <laughs> and he said but they did not at the time they did not understand because everything has timing god has to align everything god has to pre let me share with you brothers and sisters this right here god has to prepare people's heart for you on your way as you're coming <laughs> god has to prepare people's heart for you and i so as we matriculate through life to our destiny they'll be ready for us you go before time they're not ready for you oh lord i give you prayer <laughs> so moses was trying to bring god's will to pass before time but he missed the timing and the correct plan of god 40 more years it cost him 30 more years it cost the children of israel in in bondage is that something i see and i think of my own mistakes and i said what it would be if i didn't make that mistake but i thank god he's the god of a second chance a third chance a fourth chance isn't that wonderful oh glory be to jesus oh hallelujah the bible says in acts that moses sorry in uh somewhere in exodus, in exodus that after begging god for 40 years acts, acts tells us that moses resigned he was he said okay i'm tired of begging god it seems like god is not interested in using me anymore and finally the bible says he resigned he got tired and he said okay I'm going to decide to be a shepherd all my life. He gave up on him on his own strength. As soon as he did, the burning bush. <laughs> as soon as he said, the Bible says, and the man Moses was content to live as a farmer with uh, Zephonis and her 11 sisters. And as soon as he died to himself, the Bible said the next day he went out, God appeared in the burning bush. It took him 40 years. You think about that. 40 years. Now the Bible says, until, can you go back to Joseph quickly? Because I want to show you, I want to show you that we can intercept the time. Amen. We can delay our progress. Until the time psalms 105 verse 19 until the time of his word we said moses got a word moses got a word right 
not Moses, Joseph got a word from God in dream. Let's look at the word, Genesis chapter 37, verse 5 to 10. Genesis chapter 37, verse 5 to 10. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here, verse 6, Genesis 37, verse 6, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. How old is Joseph? 17 years old. Just a young, young guy, amen, still in high school. Praise the Lord. Well known, still, you know. Glory be to Jesus. Young, still has milk on the side of his mouth. But his thing has got it going on. Amen. And he said, for behold, he said, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves, he's telling his 11 brothers, your sheaves stood round about and made ob obeisance to my sheaf. He said, all of your, your sheaves, they bowed to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, shall thou indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Verse 9, God is still continuing to talk to Joseph. This is what I like about God. When God has, God talks to you about your future. What he does? He talks to you about your future. When God wanted, when God wanted to talk to Samuel as a baby in the temple, did God go to Eli or he went to Samuel? He went to Samuel. God always come to you. That's nobody's business. You have to have the wisdom to know what to do with it. Are you with me, saints? That's nobody's business. That's you and God. Don't expect anything from anybody. You and God. Just ask God, show me the next step. Show me the next step. Show me the next step. Are you with me? And as God put, as he put, as he impresses you to do certain things, do it. Do it. God impresses you to do, do it. I remembered vividly, you know, I was not called to be a minister as yet and um, I told my wife I don't know why I feel I should go to the center for biblical studies and start taking classes just the impression and she said well if, if you feel so go ahead baby and so I started going I, I did two years of seminary even before I was called to be a preacher these impressions in your heart God started talking let's continue and he said and the dream he dreamed another dream and told it to his brethren and said behold i have dreamed a dream more and beheld the sun and the moon god <laughs> god did not relent god is coming in he's he's trying to reach that boy god tell him the sun and the, the moon the 11 stars made obeisance to me and he told it to his father <laughs> he told it to his paps and to his brethren and his father joseph jacob got mad and said unto him, What is that dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to you on the earth? That's a word he got from God. Did that word come to pass? Let us see. Let us, let us go to Genesis 42, verse 6 and 8. That word was given to Joseph in Genesis chapter 37. Let's go to Genesis 42. Amen. 6 to 8. And Joseph was the governor over the land. And he, it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Moses' brethren, his brothers come down now to Egypt. They come down. Now God told him when he was 17 years old that he was going, he told him that your family is going to bow to you. And what God was saying is not necessarily bow, but you're going to be in a level of authority. Uh, 
Glory be to you. You got what I'm saying, right? I'm going, to, I'm going to promote you to a position where, you know, you will be an authority. And here they came. They fought him, sold him. And Joseph saw his brethren, and he knew them, but they made him. He knew them, but made himself strange unto them, and spake roughly unto them. And he said unto them, where did you come from? And they said, oh, I, no, I missed, I missed. Let's go to verse 6. Verse 6 is the verse I wanted to thank you so much. Verse 6, and Joseph was the governor of the land, and he it is that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came, and what did they do? 17 years, he got the dream, hated him, beat him, almost killed him, sold him into slavery. How old is he now? 30 13 years the bible says in habakkuk chapter you get it it says the vision is for an appointed time it shall speak it must come to pass you got to see this right in habakkuk let me go to habakkuk oh glory be to you you got habakkuk habakkuk chapter lord i think i have it somewhere Oh, Lord, help me. You got it? Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2. I, I think it's 3, verse 2, somewhere in there. You got it? What it says? No, the vision is for, is it 2, 2 or 2, 3? Check it out. Lord, have mercy. But it's there in Habakkuk. Habakkuk got 3 chapters. Yes. 2, 3. 3, 2. I missed it. Sorry, I had it backwards. For the vision is yet for what? The vision is the dream the dream the word from god that's what it means is for what an appointed time but at the end it shall what and not lie though it tarry wait for it because it will surely come it will not tarry it cannot be intercepted if you agree with god i said joseph never violated Philippians 2.14, do all things without murmuring. He never murmured. He passed the test of murmuring. He passed the test of mo mo morality. He passed the test of being in the world and not be of the world. <laughs> Down on his knees, but still helping people. Still serving without being grudging. Let me ask you, can you still show up if you things are not working out for you? Can we still serve even if it's dark? Or are we incensed and mad that God owes us something? You all should go with some of these, some of these men of God I grew up with. They, they, didn't, they didn't mix matters. One guy said to him, Pierre, he came in my face and he said, you think God owe you something? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I understood long ago, we got to agree with God. Since are you seeing here, are you seeing right here? He got the word at the age of 17, 30 years, but it came to pass. 30 years of pain and toil and hurt and betrayal and lies not once he tried defending himself this is uh, you know it's it's 
Yesterday, one of the things we take away was you never make things personal. Never took it personal. Never took it. You know what he told his brothers? You know, he said, you meant it for evil. But God <laughs> meant it for good. <laughs> Isn't that something else? Still loved them, still cried like a child when he said whom he was. Can you imagine? So the word we said is for an appointed time, even though it tarry wait for it now the bible says the word of god tried joseph it tried him right how does the word of god try joseph H haven't you read something in the bible and you had to wrestle with it to find out what do you mean the word of god tried joseph because the word tried means to test it means to test also right so i began scouring the bible i said father i need an example and i'm not leaving this book because there are there are too many examples in here i with me sense uh, the word tried also means before i get into the example it means refined how many of you know sometimes we got some rough edges lord we give you praise my goodness sometimes we need to be smoothed out well not let not you me sometimes i can <laughs> Oh, glory be to Jesus. You come out with all these jagged edges and they have to be smoothed out. For where God is taking you, you cannot be that way because you got to deal with people and you got to love people. We people, we have problems. And if you cannot deal with us, we'll drive you crazy. <laughs> so you need to be refined to deal with us. <laughs> So God has to put us in that, the, in a, in, in, he has to put us in that furnace and get rid of all these jagged edges and be like, come out nice like Jesus. The Bible says he was, he was, uh, what would it, oh God, the verse says he was uh, full of joy and gladness above all his fellows. Like Jesus, amen? So how does the word of God try you? This is what the Lord laid on my heart. I want to share with you. And since God is so good. Can you go to Luke chapter 8 verse 50? You remember Jairus? You remember Jairus and his daughter? Luke chapter 8 verse 50. Now many times, you know, we, we talk about the word of God. We always refer to the, the, the logos. The logos is the written word. The rhema is the word you put in your heart and it becomes a sword you you let it out in your mouth. Well, there is, we also have the word incarnate. Who was the word incarnate? Jesus. Jesus in the beginning was the word. The word was, amen. You remember John, amen. John 14, amen. Verse 12, saying the word became flesh and, you know, glory be to God. This is the word. Let, us, let me show you how the word incarnate tried a human being. Because I've been asking God to show me how the word try. Because you need to know when the word is trying you. Because if you're not aware you're going through, you're going to fail. Don't you want to know when you're getting a test? Yes. yes. One guy was put on, 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 how should I, on exhibit for us. To show us how the word of God tries an individual. So here is Jairus. He came to Jesus. And he's beseeching Jesus to come to his house. Jesus is the word incarnate. He's faced with a situation. A situation that seems to be impossible. The death of his daughter. Uh-huh. So let us, we said in Psalms 105, 519. Until his word came. The word of the Lord tried him. 
Let us see how Jairus got a word. Let us see how the word incarnate tried Jairus. And let us see how Jairus come out on the other end. Isn't that wonderful? Tell somebody everything is in the word. Everything is in the word. If you just look hard enough, if you take the time and scour through, and if you dig in it like you are digging for gold, and you said, I'm not leaving there three, four, five hours. I'm not leaving until I hear from God. Oh, you'll hear from God. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. And so we are told in Luke chapter 8, verse 50, but when Jesus heard it, now this is what's happening. I want you to see what's happening. This man is on display for us. His servant came and said, Jairus, your daughter is dead. Don't bother the master. You remember that? Luke 8 50, not 8 15, sorry. Luke chapter 8, verse 50. Now, this is the word incarnate. Notice what the word does. Notice how the word didn't stay quiet. God's word doesn't stay quiet when situations are just coming at us. Amen? God, you memorize the few scriptures and let situations come against you. See how it will come up from inside of you. And all of a sudden, it will come from your mouth like bullets. God's word doesn't stay quiet. So, but Jesus heard it. He answered him. Who is Jesus answering? Jairus. Did Jairus say anything at all? <laughs> Did Jairus say anything when his servant told him that? No. But Jesus is answering Jairus. I'm about to make a point here. Oh, glory be to God. Because this is not only in the natural realm. Jairus is responding in the spirit. Something is happening inside of Jairus. And Jesus is answering what's taking place in Jairus. The word is answering. Even before it comes from his mouth. Because God looked in the heart. <laughs> And he's answering what's in Jairus' heart. <laughs> oh, glory be to Jesus. And here is the word, try him. The word tried him and the word said this. Fear not. Believe only. That's the test. That's the trial. And the word hushed. Jesus said nothing to Jairus. And now Jairus has to walk with the word. To his own house. Fearing not. Believing only. Being quiet. Act as if. I'm tried. I'm tested. I'm coming through. <laughs> that is where we fail. All the time. Year after year after year after year. The man is on the trial. He's on the testing like Joseph. Mouth is shut. Boy, I don't know. His emotions are going back and forth. But he's got to keep that mouth. Because that's how things work in the spirit realm. He understands how... <laughs> He understand what's at stake. You see, until his word came, his word came was, she's going to be made whole. Are you with me? No, that's what he wants. Hmm? That's what he wants. But until his word came, 
which is she shall be made whole until this one came he has to go through the test of fear not believe only and stay in that mode for an appointed time <laughs> in what mode God has you now in what mode God has me and are we passing what test are we in now and are we passing that test do we are we interested in the way we feel or are we interested in, a, in our situation being made whole you have to choose which one is more important for you and if she if you want to be made whole brother it behooves you to fear not and believe only and walk with the word incarnate jesus is the word and is walking with the word you had to keep that word next to you. I with me saying, keep that word step by step, moment by. You said, how do I do it? You got your time of praying and reading the Bible. That's walking with the word. You got your time. You got time. You got to make time. It, it doesn't just happen. You've got to make the time. You've got to, to tell yourself it's important. I'm going to make time. These two hours, nobody called me. Nobody bothered me. And I may go three. <laughs> but I'm going to get what I need. I need help. I've failed all these years. I'm tired of failing. Praise God. So I'm going through this crucible, this test. And since that is where we, you know, that's where we fall short during that short period of time. You know, Jairus could say, well, I. I he could say, word I got to say. I heard what you say, word, but I got to see how I feel. Can, can, I, can I? No, we're not interested in your feelings. Your feelings are not helping. We're not interested in you expressing yourself. No, we're not. We are not interested in that. And he said, look, I am not interested in the way I feel. I'm interested in my daughter. Let me share something with you. The highest level of living is when you begin to live for somebody else. Man, you can go through anything. Oh. You want to start living authentically and with power? Start living for somebody else. All of a sudden, you come up. Sacrifices are no problem for you. <laughs> can, can, can I bring it closer? Start living for your family. Just start living for your wife and your kids and see, well, see what will happen. Or, or just start living for somebody else. So God, give me somebody on my heart. Glory be to God. Oh Lord, let me live for the, for the aged me. <laughs> the 85 year old me. Help me live for me down the road now. Oh, I'll get you right. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, and write it down at the house because you know sometimes we forget. I'm living for the 85 year old me. That'll shake you up. Oh my God. <laughs> He'll do something. Yeah, I'm living for the 120 here. I, can you imagine you, uh, you, you, you start making the right decisions now. You're going for 120. At 80, 85, the, the old you and the, and the age you come together. You have a solid 40 more years of life to live. Isn't that a blessing? To help propel the kingdom of God. Don't, don't, don't. Some of you want to go to heaven. I have no problem with that. But you're going to miss the action on earth. You, we need, you need to do more here so you can get more rewards. I'm interested in rewards. That's what I'm interested in. That I'm interested in. I want for Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Just back and forth. As soon as I put one down, come back for the other. 
<laughs> and I'm staying here long enough so I can get as much as I can. People, people, living for people. You know how it is to see somebody healed and made whole? You, let me share this with you. I'm going to stop. Dr. Jackson was talking last week. You remember we were in Jacksonville and the provost of the St. Thomas, uh, St. Thomas Christian University in Jacksonville. He was talking and he said he died on the floor. Listen. He said he died. He fell and he was bleeding. Uh, brain aneurysm, I think he said. And he said while he died, he said his spirit was being transported to a light. He said he could see a bright light. He was being brought. And he said, he asked, am I dying? Now you hear this right here. He said, am I dying? And it was impressed in his spirit. Yes. And he said, he said while he was being transported, I shall not die. Psalms 118 verse 17. I shall not die, but I shall live. And he said when he said that. His, his, all of a sudden, he was stopped being transported and his body began to shake. And the Lord, I sat there, the Lord said to me, see the power of the word of God. And not only that, he said, he said it once, he was stopped, his body shook. He said, he said it, he said it a second time and he was brought back to his body. All he said was, I shall not die, but I shall live. Psalms 118 verse 17. And he said it twice and bam. His spirit was brought back into his body here. Walking. And the Lord said to me, son, see the power of the word. And I was sitting there. And like, <laughs> I don't know what you else I'm not sure what was God was talking to you all about. But at the word, I, I'm just looking for the word. The manifestation. The affirmation. So I could use it. You know what broke my heart? Broke my heart. That young guy who acted in um, Black Panther died of colon cancer. Of, he was 43 years old. Why didn't, he, why didn't he hear about us? He needs healing. He needs healing. We thank God for the doctors. But he needs healing. Are you with me, saints? He needs people, young people like that who can make an impact for the kingdom. Just taken out because there are preachers preaching God doesn't heal today. I pity you. I have, I have, I have, I have, I have a clip of a Baptist preacher, and I'm saying it, who was preaching three years. He got his, uh, his, 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 anyhow, something in here. Yes, was, was infected by a virus and he couldn't speak properly. He was speaking and he, and while he's preaching, preaching, preaching and he, he talks about Isaiah 53 it's not talking about when the Bible says he was wounded for transgression and he was bruised for iniquities he's not talking about healing and all of a sudden his voice started getting better his voice started getting better God healed a man preaching saying that God doesn't heal today and he began to weep like a baby I have it right there I can forward it to all of you Brigham crying like a baby and he told and he said I don't know what's happening I don't know all of a sudden his voice got clear. I don't know what's happening, but I'm so overwhelmed. The point is, you are not preaching the truth. That's the point. You cannot say when God heals and when God doesn't heal. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16, verse 16 and 17. Let's go to it. Let's go to it. Let's go in Mark chapter 16, verse 16 and 17, and I'm done. This sign shall follow them that believe. Period. 
You got it? He that believeth, verse, sorry, verse 17 I mean, yeah, that's what I meant. Shall believe. This son shall do what? Follow them that believe. All you have to do is believe. Believe. Anybody can believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. Verse 18. In my name, they shall take up serpents. In my name, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick. It's right there. All you have to do is believe. You don't have to be a Baptist. You don't have to be a Pentecostal. You don't have to be a Catholic. All you have to do is believe. That's the word. Preach the word. Preach the word and let God do what he has to do. And get, take your experience out of it. Amen. Don't take down God to your peanut brain. He's God Almighty. Please take time to meditate on the Word and let it sink into your heart and soul and mind today. Knowing that the Christian who meditates on the Word will be like a tree planted by the water, bringing forth fruit in its season and prospering in all that he does. But what if you aren't a Christian today? What if you don't know if you're bound for heaven as a forgiven child of God? If that's you, then let's take care of it right now if you're ready. Do you believe that Jesus died for your sins? Are you ready to be forgiven of your sins and washed clean and made new? Are you ready to begin your new life in Christ? Then turn to God right now and say, Lord, I love you. I need you. I repent of my sins. Lord, please forgive me and wash me clean. I receive your forgiveness right now as I put my faith in Jesus as my Savior. God, please lead me and teach me and show me how to live from now on. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And if you're looking for a good church family, you'll be welcomed with open arms at Imitators of God Ministries, Colossal Vivacious Church in Tallahassee, located at 4750 Capital Circle Southeast near Tram Road. Sunday school begins for all ages at 10 a.m. and the morning service begins at 11. And the Wednesday evening service begins at 7. This is a life-giving, multicultural, multi-generational church where people of all races, backgrounds, and walks of life come together to worship, to be inspired in their love for God, to develop relationships, and to be empowered to live out God's purpose for their lives. Find more information on their website, imitatorsofgodministries.com, or call the church, 850-408-8496.